This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week we have got a bumper, and I mean a bumper crop of films to talk about. We are going to kick off with a World War II drama, Burial. Then we've got a slice of Shudder with Hellbender. Um, an independent uh, gumshoe movie, Root Letter. Then a slice of action with Death Pursuit. A bit of old school, uh, low budget dinosaurs with Jurassic Valley. And then we're going to wind up wind up even with the Red Book Ritual. Our short shot this week is Atratus, and our DTV throwback is Bloodthirsty Bastards. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Burial. A small group of Russian soldiers are given a secret mission at the end of the Second World War. Um, to take a, a special package back to Moscow. This film really surprised me, chaps. Um, I, I was expecting, I don't know, some really boring, low-budget, um, you know, typically middling kind of World War II drama that we've seen a lot of. This was damn good, in my opinion. Um the way it starts really surprised me with this, you know, this Nazi thug breaking into this Jewish woman's house um, and then spouting some sort of conspiracy bullshit at her. And she tells, and you know, it goes into the story of what actually happened. Um, and, and all the way through the film, I'm like, going, what's in the box? What's in the box? You know, um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was very well done. Um, Steve, what do you make of this? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't too keen on the wraparound. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just didn't sit well with me. And unlike you, I must have looked at IMDb because I knew what the secret mission was <laughs> before. <laughs> so, yeah, IMDb gives it away in its little one sentence yeah. synopsis. Duh. Yeah, very much. I think so. any, um, any of the, when, the, when the film's listed anywhere, I expect that it's going to give it away everywhere. True. Um, but yeah. I think they, yeah. they're just. Uh, you know, they're maybe making a misstep there. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I think, yeah, I think the, the mystery sort of helps it, I think. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It is kind of obvious, but I don't know if that's because I knew already, you know, because mm. I, I, I had mm. read it. But, um, yeah, it moves along at a fair pace. And I kind of liked how, you know, they had the different languages, mm. if you know what I mean. When they were speaking... Like Russian, they spoke English, and then they changed it. If it was like Polish, or you know what I mean, the way they did it yeah. that way, I thought it was quite quite a decent way of doing it, rather than <clears> putting <throat> on dodgy Russian accents and stuff like that. And yeah, it moves at a fair lick. Uh, I thought the ending was actually pretty well staged um, in the church. Yeah, that was really really well done. And yeah, different from your normal war film, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, 1917 or Saving Private Ryan and stuff. It was just that bit different and give it that little bit of an edge, you know, just to give it a different 
twist on the on the yeah, anywhere, if you know what I mean. Yeah, had, had enough. Yeah, had enough of a sort of pulpy feel to it. You know, there's this sort of subject matter mm. that it's, it's dealing with. It it doesn't sort of get hung up on itself about you know the existential nature of life or anything. You know that a lot of sort of war films do. Yeah, it, it, it sort of just gets on with the mission. You know, the mission is, is is what's important. You know, not just to the Russians but to the Germans that are chasing them. And and mm. you know what I what I like because I, I knew nothing about the film going into it, and suddenly in the middle of it you get this sort of um, pseudo supernatural element, you know, build, yeah. building up as well. Mm. Like, well. You know, this is going off on a weird tangent. <laughs> it's, mm. it, it it made the thing really really interesting. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Rich, over to you. What do you think of this one? Well, I when when we got this the the. The thing was, it was being premiered at Fright Fest, so that oh, right, so that was an expectation, yeah, 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 which set up an expectation mm. to me that it was a horror movie, which it really isn't. But like you're just you were just saying a second ago, there is a section of the movie which sort of leans in that direction, mm. and maybe that's what why why it ended up there. I don't, I'm not sure, but it, it is very yeah. much sort of well, it is a World War Two you know thriller. It's it there's mm. there's not a lot that's um horror movie-ish about it you know so let's say apart from some there are some good gory bits in it yeah but but it's not you know there's injury details but i was thinking you know i I kind of had an inkling of what what was what the what the package was and Mm -hmm. and uh, and but where 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 was that going to go in terms of a horror sort of movie and it obviously just doesn't go there because that's not the movie that it is so Mm. i I was sort of a little bit wrong-footed the Sort of central the wraparound, yeah. I do see what Steve's saying. I mean, it was okay, mm-hmm. but it does. It does. Something's not quite. Come doesn't sit quite right. Yeah, with it. I, I just don't. I just don't think it needed it really. You know. Yeah, not I mean, really, but but I think it's a nice. You know, it it gives the film for for me. It it, it totally wrong footed me as as to what kind of film I was going to be watching because you know I mean then, then it sort of segues into the past sort of thing but mm. that whole setup where you know you, you got this sort of Nazi thug sort of like sneaking into this old woman's house and you think oh yes. god this is going to be grim you know <laughs> and, and 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 you know it doesn't it surprises you sort of the way it turns out and then it surprises you again when it turns out he's there on his own sort of mission as it were you know and there's mm-hmm. this you know, there's all these rumors and conspiracies around this woman and stuff. It, it I, th- I thought it was uh, really, really well done. It's all and more than the, the eye, isn't it? It's like yeah. the, the, the whole getting in over your head and all that sort of stuff yeah. going on. The, the, the only, any kind of thing I had, the only wish I had, is right at the end. Um, there's a phone call. Or she, you know, she's making a phone call, and you don't hear what she says. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just you just know that she's picked up the phone to, to to make a call and it would have been interesting to hear at least a bit of that conversation to sort of see where it was going you know is she calling the police is she calling somebody else you know it, it's, yeah. um, but other than that I, th- I thought it was really well done that whole sequence at the end in the in the uh, the church was was very well done yeah i thought yeah. at the start you know because obviously it's a journey that it starts mm. so i thought that was going to be how the whole film was going to go i I was getting, I've never seen it, but I, I was getting the kind of um, the wages of fear kind of vibe off oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but it, mm. it sort of veers away from that into yeah. much more of a um, sort of siege movie, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, or, or even yeah. ice, ice cold, ice cold in Alex was another one that sort of came to mind. That sort of uh -huh. thing. But yeah, as soon as the sniper hits, they have to ditch the, you know, they have to ditch the um, thing. And, and even that was really well done. That sniper bit, you know, that first shot, mm. because it, again, it comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh my god, somebody's dead. You know, it, it yeah. works really, really well. Yeah, the whole this, thing this about was... the mission was mm. bringing to mind because I watched War Hunt recently, the film with Mickey Rourke in it. Oh yeah, yeah, a, I've still haven't seen it. Has that. a similar kind of setting mm. a similar kind of thing about you know a bunch of soldiers going on a mission kind of uh, mm. but that one really is a horror movie that goes proper <coughs> full-on horror but this was more <coughs> it's more, more more of ending up in sort of western territory you know mm. like or sort or sort of prison mm. or, or whatever except the the thing that they're after is you know it, it obviously is a, a thing rather than a rather than a, um mm. a whatever yeah. but the um uh, Hell Hath No Fury was the other film that sort of came to mind as I was watching it, sort of comparable kind of. Yeah, uh, that, that has a bit more polish, a bit more oomph to, to it, I guess. But um, I think this I, one I think has I... the better cinematography. Yeah. I think it'd be reasonable mm. to say. I think that I, I do think Hell Hath No Fury was better. I'd prefer that movie, but obviously mm. it's more of an action movie. But, um, but in terms of some of the stuff, um, if I don't, if I can just sort of, you were saying earlier about the the languages and how they were that mm. that was something that bothered me because i couldn't figure out whether they were trying to go for something and it just wasn't working for me or what because so for example the russians are speaking english in you know english, mm -hmm. english accents for the most part um but then you've got tom felton turns up as a polish guy yeah speaks a little bit of Polish, but then is basically just use, using his English accent. But then his mother is speaking Polish, you know, yeah. subtitles and everything. It was just really confusing me what they were trying to go go for. With, well, the, 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 way I, the way I looked at this, the way I looked at this is that your protagonist is Russian. Yeah, your protagonist is Russian, and but we're not a Russian, obviously. So they're speaking English as this is the sort of the mother language for the film. Mm. You know, so, so it's English for Russian. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so everyone else, you know, is 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 foreign to them. So mm. therefore they're foreign to us. You know, unless they're speaking Russian, in which case we hear hear it in English. In English. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <that> yeah. Sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another one that does something similar is uh, Gorky Park. You know, oh, you've yeah. got people like William yeah. Hurt. William Hurt is basically doing an English accent all the way through that film. You know, I thoroughly recommend it if you haven't seen it. But anyway, yeah, the other um, so yeah. um, this had Bill Milner in it from uh, mm -hmm. from things like Sun and Rambo. I didn't recognise him, but I did I did I really like. I mean, I saw Sun and Rambo years ago. He was a kid then, mm. so um, I'm not. I, I wasn't sure which character he was, but there was also there's also um, Harriet Walter. I think she's the um, the elderly version, uh, yeah. or the, the older version of the character, I should say. From the from the start of the movie, uh, uh, the wraparound. Um, well, it's a good, it's a good cast. Be, it's a good cast. Yeah, the, the Harriet Walter was supposed to be Dinah Rigg. Oh really? She, yeah, well, she passed away before the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah, I thought there was some. There, there is some interesting stuff going on with the. So you got like the um, the the uh, the Soviet soldiers who were and they were like you know nasty pieces of work and stuff and going around and literally kind of doing the raping and pillaging thing and then there's the quite, quite uneven yeah. alliances yeah. formed 
between the different facts. A bit like, um, what was that film we watched? Backside. Um, you know, you've got these different nationalities working together, um, uh, you know, and uncomfortably so at times kind of thing. Mm. That, was, that was worked quite well. Um, but yeah, to be honest, it, it, it kind of wrong-footed me because it wasn't kind of what I was expecting going in. And I think that sort of set it up and then I wasn't quite with it for the... For the yeah. I thought it was fine, but it just wasn't what I was kind of hoping for. It was just kind of, oh, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never drops, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite because I went in totally blind to it. And, and, and just going by the poster, I thought, oh, this is going to be a slog. And it and it really wasn't, you know. This this I think mm. this is very lively, very, you know, action packed at times. Um, a really interesting sort of pulpy story, you know, setting set in the Second World War, um, which which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, okay, I will say with regard to the to the sort of twists and turns of the of it, mm. I've seen a few. I wish I could name them, but I don't know off the top of my head. But I've seen a few short films recently which have played with similar ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I really wish I could recommend, but the, the um, it's it's an I like that. I, it is a, it is a theme that I like to see explored, mm. uh, and uh, yeah. So the that was that was that was an interesting one, and I don't think we've seen. I think it's fairly original to this. I don't think I've seen this particular version of that play out. So um, so that again is a good is a good idea. Good. good thing yeah. it actually reminded me of an, ep- an episode of the tomorrow people oh right okay going That's way right. back to the 70s there's something weird there anyway scores on the doors for this one guys uh, over to steve i'll give it a seven yeah and rich uh i think it would yeah i think it would be unfair for me to give it anything less than a seven mm-hmm. i really like this i'm giving this an eight so it's two sevens and an eight for burial. Check it out. Our next review is Hellbender. On a secluded mountain, a lonely teen discovers her family's ties to witchcraft. Um, This film has restored my faith in Acorn, Rich. Yes, <laughs> after yeah, that, after it. a little misstep. <laughs> after that misstep, um, which I've got the name of already. Um, yeah, my, my faith is renewed. Uh, this film, um, very original, um, literally about this witch and her young daughter living in seclusion on this mountain, um, you know, sort of teaching her these sort of paganistic rituals and, and magic and things and trying to keep her away from sort of civilization but of course civilization encroaches on on their privacy and um fun ensues the um the crux of this film is its music and it will live or die based on whether or not you can get into the the the, the music side of the film because you know this mother and daughter are musicians they, they form a band called hellbender you know playing in seclusion throughout the film um but it you know the film the, the music is 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 pretty integral to what happens you know or, or their mood and all the rest of it um steve what did you make of hellbender i don't think i enjoyed it as much as you mm-hmm. and i just found it quite empty if you know what i mean there's no 
didn't seem to be any real plot or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just about her learning about what she, you know, her past and her, her skills and stuff like that. And I just thought it was a little bit slow and a little bit not pretentious, but very empty. I just, just felt like nothing really happened in it. But mm-hmm. I thought it was shot really well. I mean, the the like the spell casting scenes, I thought they were really good. The last 10, 12 minutes, I thought it was shot really, really well. And like I said, the music was good as well. It just seemed just, just a little bit meandering for me and not much happened in it. You know, just seemed very empty and just not enough happening. I, there's no, to me, there's no real plot as such. You know, it just mm-hmm. more of a mood piece than anything. And I get some people are really into that, but to me, it just didn't quite fit with me. Okay, um, Rich, how did you get on with this one? Yeah, I liked it. The um, it is a it's a coming of age story, a variation, um, and we've seen mm-hmm. you know, we have seen stuff that does this in various fa- fashions, uh, using supernatural elements and stuff before. But yeah, you're right. It is it does sort of feel a little bit unique uh, in that sense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a micro budget movie. I think essentially. I mean, you look at the credits and they the the end credits are a handful of people uh, and yeah. stuff. They, when you consider that and what they got i mean go into it in a bit who they are but the, when you consider that um they they pulled off something you know quite impressive here i mean uh, the uh, it, it's a it's a it's a small scale movie but it, it's got you know it's got a lot of uh visual flair you know a lot of style and uh, you know the quirky sort of stuff as well but it's a you know it's a, it's accessible it's not um it's not too indie it's quite it's it is indie but it's not mm. like um to you know i i, I it's, it's not as, it's not as some it's not as um inward as something like um my heart won't beat to this to the third two or yeah or, you know um what's the other one something rose yeah yeah I, Ro- I rose think a love story rose a love story i think yeah and it's not, yeah yeah, which is a that's a good um, one to bring up actually because that was also about isolation, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one is about um, characters in living in isolation. Yeah, it's is essentially a coming of age. It is. It is quite similar because you know you have this person who has this, you know, is in this situation and, and the mm. mum's sort of doing her best to sort of keep her isolated, but you know, obviously, she, you know, she's curious. About the outside world, and this, you know, when, when she starts interacting with it, that's when sort of thing, things start to happen. Yeah, but, mm. so yeah, there's, um, there's definitely parallels there. Those sort of films. And the um, what was the other thing I wanted to say? So yeah, I thought all the scenes of the um, you know performances are really good. So for example, Zelda Adams as as the the source of the central character, mm-hmm. uh, her <clears throat> and you know her longing for you know to discover and sort of uncertainty of when she encounters people and you know the the awkwardness of social interactions and stuff i thought was all very well uh developed the mother and you know they're they're, they're sympathetic characters and they're drawn really well uh and mm. that works and the film is very um brief it's only about an hour and 15 20 minutes long um uh, and yes the music is very distinctive again all made by the 
say people. So this is a, a family of filmmakers. Mm. So it's like mother, uh, yeah. mother and father and daughters, you know, they, they, but they basically, they make these films together and they do all the stuff. They do the music, they do visual effects and, and stuff. Uh, and, you know, and maybe involve, you know, involve a few other people, but certainly, but for the most part, it's the, their projects. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, unique quite unique quite a unique thing i think they must have a, quite a bohemian sort of outlook and sort of sensibility mm. for the sort of uh journey that they're on um they're obviously developing all their skills as film, uh, filmmakers and performers and uh, that's uh that's uh, clearly working very well for them i think this is probably i mean they've been they've already been point highlighted by various people like kim newman in his uh, empire column you know was sort of pro, you know highlighted them as somebody he was um, a particular praise of uh, for, for the films they're doing the films like the the dig uh, was it the deeper you dig and the, and oh yeah, the seen hatred that. Yeah. Uh, that they did in the past um so yeah i'm definitely keen to see i think it was it the hatred i think uh deeper you dig definitely but um yeah so i'm definitely curious to see more of what they've done is, is to probably you know something like the deeper you dig which i think is also which is i think that one's on arrow this is on shudder mm. um and also coming out on dvd but um i think on uh shudder is where a lot of people have originally found it which is where say icon have decided to pick it up uh for a physical release but uh, i'd say there are other films are are available via our other distributors so the, the fact that this small you know a small american family of filmmakers are getting these films that are being picked up by these big you know um mm. uh, well it's not surprising we, because yeah. because this is a very sort of polished production it is like oh, yeah, definitely i mean know, yeah. Um, yeah yeah it's very well edited together you know the, the, mm. the music's great the acting's really cool i would never have guessed that um, the characters of Izzy and Amber were related, you know, the actresses yeah. play those characters, you know, because, uh, you know, they're playing characters who are sort of poles apart from each other. And, it's, and it's, they don't it's look just that really much alike, well. which helps. <laughs> exactly, that helps as well, yeah. Um, the, um, you know, the, there's these great sort of smash cut elements of um, uh, the spells and things, you know, when they touch the book, and this sort of like, yeah. you know, bombarded with imagery and, you know, all that stuff, stuff is really well done, even even though, you know, they've done these sort of makeup effects and things for something which is on screen for like half a second. Mm. You know, it, it's there and it's gone sort of thing, but it, it, it's sort of like, you know, it's stuck in your mind, you know, you can see it in your, in your you know, in your vision. Yeah. Um, oh, the visual effects are really good. That whole thing about putting the hand up and the key coming out. Oh, the key coming out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was great. That Really, really kind of clever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I suppose maybe they could have played up the procedural element a bit more, but but because they're sort of so remote, you know, they're so remote, the, the pair of them, that they, mm. pro you know, probably not aware of the sort, you know, the manhunt or the, you know, the searches going on for the missing people, that sort of thing. So, you know, that sort of kind of passes them by for for long periods. Um, one, one of the things I did like is. The sort of duplicitousness of the daughter, you know, because um, she totally fools her mum as, as as to her development. You know, yeah. I, I, my mum's probably sort of seeing her through, you know, kind of naive eyes, I guess. But there's, you know, there's this bit right at the end um, where she says, oh, "I'm going going into town. Do you want anything?" And and it's like. 
it's it's almost a joke, but at the same time, she's kind of res, you know she, she's resigned to what's happening, and it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting, you know, because she knows the only way a witch can die is you know this thing that they go go on about, and so so there's there's an inevitability about what's happening, um, but at the same time, it sort of ends on this sort of like almost a joke kind of thing between them, you know, a bit of levity, which is just mm. really interesting. I found. Well, the whole yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I mentioned something later off off uh, off mm -hmm. air about about the uh, uh, about some of that because I don't want to mention it now because it will um, mm -hmm. it will give it away. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. All right, um, scores on the doors, Steve. I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this one a seven, and Rich. I for what they accomplished, I think I'm going to give it an eight. Nice. Okay, a six, a seven, and an eight for Hellbender. This is available on Shudder at the moment, but as we mentioned, this is coming out on DVD, so if you're not a subscriber, you still have the chance to pick this one up, and we recommend you do. Go check it out. Our next review is Roots Letter. In his final high school year, Carlos becomes pen friends with a girl called Sarah as part of a school assignment. A year later, Carlos receives a letter from Sarah out of the blue in which she confesses to killing someone and that she needs help. Um, the weirdest thing about this film, Rich, is that it's apparently based on a Japanese video game. It is, yeah. It must be, you know, one of those... these weird independent games that you know has a you know has a bit of a sort of cult following i think uh, it's, yeah i think probably i'm, I'm not sh i wish i could have checked on it to know whether it's because sometimes you get these video games that are uh made with video clips and, and stuff rather mm. than you know um what we're talking but i think my i think it's it is like a, a video game video you know like proper anime, yeah. animated and everything so but it's probably skewed. i mean the fact i mean in japan they that you know, with manga and everything, they tell all sorts of stories, don't they? Absolutely. And I think that's mm. that's kind of what this is. You know, it's mm. it's they've used a video game medium in a completely untypical fashion. So the yeah. fact that this is a movie based on a video game is a very unusual, odd sort of mm. thing. But uh, uh, on the evidence of what I saw, I thought it was a very interesting uh, film uh, and made me curious about what the video game might be. But um, yeah, definitely. Well, apparently it's a visual novel adventure video game. <laughs> so this is a sort of bull out. this is sort of bullshit. My my son comes out with when I sort of say, "Oh, you've been playing a video game." He goes, goes, no, it's not a video game. It's an experience. Oh like, god. Oh, okay, fine. You know, it's a virtual experience or something. It's not a video game. Dad, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but there you go. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago, Rich, we covered a film called uh, The Stranger in Our Bed, mm -hmm. which I said at the time, you know, it fits into one of my favourite sort of like genres in that it's a sort of like an amateur sleuth, you know, um, or someone, someone who doesn't, is not a detective in any sort of way, shape or form, but suddenly sort of finding herself at the centre of a mystery and trying to solve it. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what we got here. We've got this guy, Carlos, you know, he did have this connection with this girl, um as part of this sort of school project and they did get on really well um you know during it but then you know they, they just sort of went their separate ways carlos gets a job she does some weird stuff um and then suddenly he gets this short letter from her 
where she's sort of saying, oh, this guy's dead, you know, it's my fault. And, you know, I don't know what to do and that sort of thing. And it compels him to try and find out what happened, see if she's all right. And so he travels to her hometown um, in just outside Baton Rouge, I believe it is, and starts asking questions and starts asking questions that people don't want to hear answers to. Um, you know, and, this, just, and the film take a lot of it takes place in flashback. Am I right? Yes, that's right. So, so we have Carlos, you know, doing his little bit of investigation, but at the same time, you know, we we flash back to what possibly could be the you know the Sarah's sort of final days. Basically, we we don't really know what's happened to her at this point in the film, um, but we've got. You know, a pretty good idea that nothing good's happened. Um, so, you know, we have there's this whole thing with the party, this this date rape thing going on. Mm -hmm. um, this this family, this sort of benevolent sort of couple who, who kind of look out for her for a bit, which then was a bit creepy. <laughs> reminded me of well, like something like ultrasound or something. Well, yeah, and um, um, the film with Paul Walker, uh, Running Scared. Running scared, yeah, yeah, that, yeah you know yeah, the yeah. bit with his wife. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly uh, what. Yeah. Anyway, um, there are two particular characters who really stand out in this film. Um, one is Sarah's mother, um, called just bear with two sakes. Um, yeah, Karen is her mum who's a drug addict and, you know, um, prostitute, basically. And, and her performance is amazing. You know, it's um, incredibly sweaty and desperate and pathetic. And, and she, she really sells it, you know, absolutely sells this role. Um, there's, there's a bit in the film where she discovers a, like, expensive-looking sweater that her daughter has and doesn't know where it comes from, and she kind of fears the worst, like, how did you get this? You know, what did you do to get this? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, this line where she says, like, you don't know the hell I've been through to get things like this. And, and you know, it, you absolutely believe her. You absolutely believe, you know, the, what she's saying. It's, it's, it's a really, really good performance. And, and the other guy, the other person is Adam, who's the, um, the uncle of Caleb. And you know the the local drug dealer guy basically, um, and he's scary as fuck. He really is. He's a, he's a violent, scary person who you don't want to get on the wrong side of. Um, and, and those two really sold the film. You know they they were the, the standouts. Caleb, um, played by Danny, sorry, yeah, uh, Carlos, played by Danny Ramirez, um, was fine. You know, uh, he's basically the cipher that we're moving around. He doesn't really have much of a character as such. Um, Sarah, the new Top Gun movie. Sorry, because he was in the new Top Gun movie, but I'm trying to think who yeah. he was. Was he one of the one of the pilots? Yeah, I think so. I think he's like the cocky one, uh -huh. basically. Um, so yeah, uh, Sarah, Sarah um, played by Kiana Marie. She she's more sympathetic, even even though she sort of fucks off and stuff. You know, um, we, we're more sympathising with her because because obviously she's disappeared. Mm -hmm. And we're fearing the worst, so yeah, we, we we're definitely, you know, rooting for her because we we want to find out what's happened to her. Um, but yeah, I I really like this. It's sort of you know, it's um, dealing with the 
yeah, you know, steering with poverty and, and you know drug use and all the rest of it, and the sort of you know the few avenues these people have to get out, um, and this sort of messed up situation that you know um, we're sort of seeing develop, and mm-hmm. at the same time we're seeing the aftermath of it, you know, and uh, Carlos is trying to sort of figure out, you know, what actually happened and sort of probing people. Um, yeah, I've I, a couple I, of Polish series recently yeah. that have come to mind that have also dealt with similar themes. Okay. There was uh, there was one. I think I'm pretty sure it was the teacher, mm-hmm. or Belfer, as it was as originally called, um, which means teacher. And uh, he's it's got like uh, you know it's teenagers, small town, but you know then there's like there's drug dealing and stuff going on, and people mm-hmm. getting in involved with the drug dealers and stuff, and uh, you know and there's a body and all this. So it's a it's it's all. Oh, and corruption as well, sort of bringing in different different elements. So that I, th- I, d- I do like, I do quite like stories like this. Um, mm-hmm. I was quite, int- I haven't had a chance to watch the whole film, so I'm not going to score it. But mm-hmm. I did, I was engaged as, you know, I was plenty distracted when I was trying to watch it, but I was pretty engaged with what I was seeing. I would like to finish watching it and, and see how it all pans out. Because it's not a long film, is it? It's only 88 minutes. Yeah, so. it is. And I, I, I really liked it. And um, I definitely like the ending, sort of the way it ends up. It, it ends um, in a very sort of enigmatic way, mm-hmm. which kind of reminded me of the ending of Miami Vice. In that it's it's told you everything you need to know, and then it just ends. You know, you don't you don't need to see anything else. It it mm-hmm. works really well for me. Um, but there you go. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to score this an eight. I, th- I thought this was very good. I definitely re- recommend you finish it, and I, I recommend people to go check it out. Uh, that's Root Letter. Our next review is Death Pursuit. After stealing millions in cash from sadistic mob boss Temple's drug-dealing hideout, a thief finds a stowaway in his getaway car. Temple's pregnant wife, Mia. Desperate to reclaim his cash and his unborn son, Temple sends out a squad of hitmen and bounty hunters to bring in Mia and the... (laughs) Okay. Um, We have reviewed a lot of middling, very crappy action movies, usually starring Bruce Willis, but that's not necessarily his fault. They were still shit, you know. Um... This surprised me a lot. Um, it surprised me from its opening shot, which was this lovely crane shot across the back of this um, this junkyard. You know, uh, it sort of swoops down over there, and then sort of, you know, I don't know how they did it. They must have had a crane, and then someone with a steady cam to sort of take the camera through um, into this sort of scenario where these guys are sort of killing a couple of, um, you know. I don't know, sort of drug dealers or something. And at the same time, we have our guy sort of sneaking in the back and, and, and nicking all this money, um, making the perfect getaway, except he gets smashed into by somebody else who's also doing his own double cross on this guy, Temple. Um, it sort of loses it a bit in the middle, unfortunately. You know, it can't keep the pace that you want it to keep. Um but I, you know, this is definitely a cut above for me, guys. Um, Steve, how did you make this one? Yeah, um, it was, uh, like I say, I thought it was really well directed. Some of the shots were 
actually beautiful. Like there's a bit where they're in the desert and trying to get to another car and mm. it just looked fantastic behind it. It really was a beautiful shot. And it's well acted, it's well made. It's it's it, I was surprised actually because it's the main guy is the director as well. Mm. And it looks like he hasn't directed before. Yeah, but it looks yeah, and he he does a cracking job. Really does. Like I say he does lose it a little bit in the middle. Mm. The, the, the yeah, because you get this sort of relationship stuff in the middle, basically, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Is I mean, I, I mean, said that you know we've seen this kind of stuff before. Um, it's not particularly brand new or anything like that, but it's just done really well. And I thought performance is good. Vinny Jones is Vinny Jones as usual. To be fair, um, but I like a kind of bit with the. Um, the Frenchman is called. The you know. Frenchman, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that bit where he turns up in the tunnel. Yes. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, the scene in Batman with the flashing muzzles mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Again, thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, just enjoyed it, to be fair. It was really, really good film. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact also that there's no talking for the first 10 minutes of the film, probably. You know, there's, there's yeah. no dialogue yeah, at all. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, it, it's it's really really well done, um, Rich. Over to you, mate. What do you make of this? No, I'm I'm with you. I I was not <laughs> I was not expecting the film. That, I mean, it's a bit. Uh, it's a kind of the opposite with Burial because you know it's it's kind of the same, but with the opposite reaction. So I I went in expecting one thing, mm. and it ended up being something completely different. But I was sort of sold like from the off. Really, the um, you know the tr the adverts and the posters, or whatever. It's the whole bait and switch thing of Vinnie Jones, but it's not about Vinnie Jones. I think that's mm. it, isn't it? I, mean, I, I think there's certain actors you, you end up with a certain expectation of based on their body of work, shall we say? But you know, yeah. there's there's um there's another film which has just come on Netflix with Vinnie Jones, which I've seen with with Ron Perlman and um, Malcolm McDowell. And I can't oh, that's the, the Big Ugly. The Big Ugly. I recommend that. It is really good, and he's really good in it, uh, Vinny. Um, that's, that's one of his best roles. Um, yeah, he 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 can he can do it. You know, um, mm. he can uh, you know elevate things. The um, I, I've I've got issues with a lot of so you know I'm a big action movie fan as you know, but I do have issues with certain tropes that sort of keep getting used. You know, sort of. Um, freeze frames and you know names coming up and stuff like this me, me and my son josh watched the faculty last weekend mm. and it's the first time i've seen it since it you know almost since i, I bought it and that's got all that sort of stuff you know sort of a freeze frame and the name comes up on the screen and so, you know all this but and i thought oh yeah i remember when you used to do all that um so i was glad not to see any of that crap in here it, it just allows you to sort of learn yeah you know, the Frenchman gets, you know, we, we hear about the Frenchman before we see him. So, you know, there's a certain expectation there. Um, uh, Michael Mitten, who's the blonde guy with the, the face tattoos. A lot of characters <clears throat> in the film have facial tattoos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I noticed that, yeah. It's weird. Um, but I thought he was going to, he has a really nasty scene where he's sort of torturing this guy with um, a scrubbing brush, like a steel, you oh, know, one of those yeah. wire, oh. wire scrubbing brushes. That's yeah, nasty as fuck. Right for me, that. Yeah. 
but he he was really good, you know, in, in it. And um, oh, there's another guy as well, um, whose name I've forgotten. But yeah, you know, it, it delivers these sort of like slightly larger than life characters without being, um, you know, over the top with it, I guess. You know, the Frenchman was great because he was one of these, you know, he reminds me a bit of like Jaws from, um, you know, the Bond movies, you know, he keeps getting in these yeah. scrapes, but surviving them. And there's a bit with Brittany Jones says, he goes, oh, thought you were dead by now, <laughs> you know. <it's> like, <laughs> but um, no, that, that all worked really, really well. Um, Love the bit at the end as well, when um, she asks him his name, because we never find out his name, you know, until the end. I thought, I thought that was, was a good little giggle. Um, overall, yeah, this kind of reminded me of another film called Run and Gun, which I covered earlier in the year. Um, oh, yeah, the Mark Picasso. Yeah, that, that was um, a pretty decent um, script as well, you know, mm-hmm. so um, new, new sort of action guy. Yeah, so I was very impressed with this. Um, yeah, so originally, uh, although I was thinking, because I, I kind of was like, I don't think, I've I got a feeling it's not going to have that much Vinnie Jones in it. And it, it is, he's the support, he is the supporting character, he's the threat yeah, yeah. who's coming after them. And he is on kind of typical Vinnie Jones, you know, that, this is why you hire Vinnie Jones kind of performance. Yeah. Like, I want a Vinnie yeah. Jones performance from Vinnie Jones. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of what they've, what they've gone for. Um, but the guy in the lead, um, say the director, James Clayton, yeah, you know he's quite quite charismatic guy. Um, mm. And uh, the actor, because it's pretty much unknowns apart from Vinnie Jones. Mm. Um, but they've really invested in the in the look of the film. You know, they're not shooting on fantastic, uh, you know, expensive sets or anything. It's basically all shot in desert locations, desert locations, uh, junkyards, that sort of thing. Yeah. Junkyards and stuff like that. But they filmed it really well, which for me really counts a lot. You know, I like a film that they really you know take a lot of time with the cinematography and stuff, and they clearly have here. Uh, and the so the action sort of chase and fight stuff is really for me um was well done and the, you know the sort of familiarity of that kind of lovers on the you know it's a variation on the lovers on the run kind of plot though yeah know, it's, it's the transporter it's, isn't it basically <laughs> it's the transporter and uh you know variation you know other things of you know some the the, the thief ends up because usually you get this kind of story and it's like the guy steals a car and it's got a kid in it and then he's got to, mm. you know he's got to find his heart you know <laughs> so mm. you know and redeem himself with the, with the kid or something but this time it's a it's more that's, of a, one, of the, that's one of the interesting things about this as well is um you know take for example ambulance which mm. i which i did enjoy um but the whole thing you know your main character you have to be sympathetic towards him because he's taking part in this robbery to get the money to you know for his wife's you know surgery or something you know she's got some yeah. cancer or something and, and there's a bit in this where she, Mia turns around and goes so you, you're just doing this for your retirement and he goes yeah he goes you, you haven't got you haven't got someone who's like dying or something you need the money for medical he's like nah nothing like that yep. <laughs> you know just just want the money you know <laughs> which I thought was great you know it's quite refreshing it's like yeah yeah I'm just an asshole yeah, just completely bastard roofing this guy off. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, this <laughs> that's great. basically what it is. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. He's completely in it for himself. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which which I suppose makes his um, change of heart that much more weighted, I guess, you know, because, yeah. you know, it, 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 he, he isn't on that page at the start of the film. It's just like, like you know, you, you see how he carries the bag of money around with him all the time. You know, he never lets it off his person, let alone out of his sight, you know, for a lot of the film. Um, 
but yeah, eventually he sort of you know, he does sort of like sympathise and think, yeah, you know, I suppose I should look out for a bit. <laughs> but um, no, it, it works really, really well. Loved it. There was one part in the movie, I think it's in the the climax, mm. where he's he's having a he's having kind of a showdown. And one minute he's he like knocks the guy over, and then and like the next minute he hits him with a car. Mm. And I was just like, mm. hang on, <laughs> what happened there? It's like, how did he go for it? And and I had to go back and watch it. And I think what they did was they added a, they added a little bit of sound in of right. like a car starting up. So that, <laughs> but I don't think it works. Just, <laughs> the transition is way too quick. And, <clears throat> you know, that was the yeah. one bit that sort of really threw me out. Like, but um. The rest of it, I thought, was really well handled, and like you say, all the sort of junkyard locations or whatever, when they're shot well, those. Are, I mean, that's why you know RoboCop and everything all shot in these big industrial sites and stuff because those places, you know, when they're just like free production value, basically, yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. You don't yeah. have to sign it; you just go for that kind of look. But the um, uh, as a, another little side note, uh, the the director producer uh, Clayton, he's uh, sorry, director and star. He's also um, most established as an actor and a producer. Uh, and he was one of the producers of a film we covered a while back, a Puppet Killer, which is very different. Yes. Know, it's a very yeah. different kind of film. Yeah, yeah, very. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's done all sorts, really. He's, he used to be known as Champagne Clayton or Clayton Champagne, one of the two. I can't remember. I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, Clayton yeah, Champagne. I was wondering if he was a wrestler or something. Yeah, but or a rapper or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe was a, a musician or performer. Anyway, that's a lot of his early stuff. He's credited as Clayton Champagne, but now he's just using his his full name. And uh, yeah, so he's um. Well, it's definitely some... somebody we'll have to keep an eye out for. That's for I sure. think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely yeah. curious to see what he does next. I mean, say this. I mean, what what a confident debut this is uh you know for, i mean obviously he's, a, he's, he's an act he, you know he's been acting for a long time and he's, he put himself in the lead but you know to direct something as as confidently as this mm. um the myth the marketing with the with vinnie jones is a is an unfortunate probably sign of the times yeah. you know, sort of thing you know yes. you get the film noticed yeah. Yeah. um uh, kind of kind of deal because that's not the case just here but in america where it was originally called bulletproof it's vinnie jones all over you know which well, I, I which I kind of respect really because you know Clayton's not putting himself mm. front and center on the marketing in the same way yeah. as you know maybe some I mean I know that he's probably quite savvy and he's like well I can't sell the movie no. but Vinnie Jones can but he, still he could have put himself more in the mm. I mean I don't know if that, maybe that's the distributors making that decision it could be um, but, possibly uh, yeah. I think I think I think a lot of people once they see that opening shot you know the opening scene. I think they're, they're going to sit up straight. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. that, that, that whole opening sequence, I thought, was just so well done. The trailer, yeah. I think it was the trailer, does kind of make a thing. It goes, James Clayton. <laughs> like It's like it's something <laughs> that really should mean something. And it's like, yeah. whoa, okay, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> but but, yeah, but you will by the time you finish. finish absolutely, finish. absolutely. I'd be hoping to see him again. Um, yeah. Scores, scores, guys. Um, Steve? Eight. Definitely an eight for me. And Rich? <clears throat> yeah, it's lively, well shot, enjoyable. Yeah, I'll go on eight. It's, it's a definite cut above what we've seen you know, in the action field from the States for a while. It's got a limited budget, but it knows how to use it. That's the, Absolutely. That's, it it that's looks the, really yeah, polished. Yeah, the work looks yeah. really good. 
yeah. work with your resource. And I think that's where Clayton's, you know, background as a producer has come in. You know, he's gone, he knows how yeah. to make the money work. Absolutely. So there you go, three eights for uh, Death Pursuit. Go check it out. Terrible title though. <laughs> Death Pursuit is an awful title. It is an awful title. Our next review is Jurassic Valley, also known as Kingdom of the Dinosaurs, depending on which side of the pond you're on. Okay, guys, I have to read this, this synopsis, in the same way the film, the film's prologue narrator does. In 2030, during World War III, in which a small group of survivors make it into a bunker, Two years later, they have to exit to find new supplies, but they are greeted by dinosaur predators. It doesn't help that that IMDb synopsis is quite badly written. <laughs> it is very badly yeah. written as well, yeah, but that's the sort of thing that it was going for. Um, <laughs> this film is all over the place. It really is. In a good in, way, though. Some, in, yes, this is, this is riff tracks ready, this is. Um, the the opening bit um, just 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 creased me up basically. You know he, he gets <laughs> he get, he gets his phone call. You know he's clearly in London. He, he's a scientist clearly in London. He gets his phone call saying he has to go to this bunker in Scotland. You know <clears> in the middle of the Highlands, <laughs> and it's it's like the next you know the, that afternoon he yeah. turned up, and then he's on the phone to his wife going, "Yeah, you better get up here, love. You know it's, it's all kicking off." In this space of like five minutes, so five minutes later, she's there. In fact, she got there before he did. Somehow, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, Steve, over to you. Let's have your thoughts, and I'll jump in. Yeah, I mean, it's badly written, terribly acted. The CG is not actually that bad. I was actually quite impressed with some of the effects on, on the dinosaurs and stuff. It's ridiculous, but it is, it is fun. You know, it's, it's one of them, you know, as soon as he says, oh yeah, my wife's pregnant, right, okay, you're gone then, straight yeah, away. That's you know, every, every, and the ending is just tacked on. It's like, right, okay, we'll just finish it here. <laughs> and, that's it, you know. It, nothing, nothing really happens. I mean, it's, it is a rip off of Jurassic Park and mm. some other. Like, it, it kind of reminded me of Greenland. You know the. Um, yep, the Jared Butler. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like we'll get that. We'll get a Jurassic Park and mash them together mm-hmm. and and knock it out. And yeah, it's just. I mean, there's some decent bits like the bits in the forest with the flares and stuff. I thought was mm-hmm. shot really well. Yep, that was good. Um, yeah, but the acting is terrible. The main guy was just, he's awful. <laughs> well, well, they're all awful, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it, it was actually quite fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, Rich, over to you, mate. So this is the latest release from a company called uh, Jagged Edge Productions, who, like... Um, uh, Andrew Jones and uh, the, uh, the films of uh, proportion and, and, and such are working in a niche. 
You know, mm. they're, they're kind of doing these mm. low-budget horror movies, churning them out, like one one or two, you know, one or two a month, it seems, sometimes. Mm. But um, Jagged Edge is, is um, sort of becoming one of the premier ones, I would say. There's all sorts of... I mean, they've got so many productions, it's ridiculous. I, I'm looking at... Um, mm. At the moment, I'm looking at Scott Jeffrey's production list, but he's got, and it's it's ridiculous. It really yeah. is. Some some oh, of the titles, and it's all that sensational, you know, genre kind of, yeah. you know, they they know what they're doing. They're they're following, like uh, say, like Andrew Jones, they're copying the kind of uh, Roger Corman, Charles Band, you know, all those sort of guys. I mean, they're even doing the same kind of running times, you know, like yeah. hour and fifteen, hour and twenty, in well, and out. I mean, we, you know, yeah. our, our colleague Asylum uh, is another one you could compare yeah. them to. Our, our colleague Tom Tom Jolliffe, um, mm. you know, he, he's, he's often told of these kind of movies. Yeah, he, he he's told us in the past that you know sometimes somebody comes up with the title, and then you have to sort of do you know write a script based on the title, and so see where you get to. And 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 mm. I must admit, you know, there's some of these I really hope we get to see. You know, when you've got a title like Dinosaur Prison. You know, yeah, trailer for dinosaur hotel which is literally sorry, like dinosaur, a, a, a little looks like a little british um bed and breakfasty kind of place but with dinosaurs <laughs> running around i'm not I'm, I'm not sure if it's out yet but well um, i do i am curious to see some of these i mean scott yeah. jeffrey we we already did see one of uh, his films i think i think he did clown doll which we weren't fond of oh to be yeah, oh, yeah. Um, we, but words, i mean he's made so <laughs> There's so many since then, including The Gardener with Robert Bronzy and Gary Daniels, which oh, I really yeah. see. Yeah. Um, he, he directed that with um, Rebecca Matthews, is also who's again one of the, another one of the sort of premier names in this sort of in this sort of, sort of um, uh, these kind of movies, this this sort of niche now. Um, but oh, I'll be honest, oh. I really did have fun with Kingdom of the Dinosaurs. I thought the like Steve, I thought the visual effects were. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, it's it's quite impressive what what they're actually, you know, what you can actually do on a really, really low budget movie now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the 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 funny the the highlight of the movie for me, uh, and the kind of the scene that sums it all up and it sort of throws it back to the to me is Sarah Alexandra Marks, who we've seen in various productions, many by Blake Ridder, lots of his short films and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a there's a, a scene where she uh, where she's the typically sort of vulnerable woman um, evading you know sort of being stalked by a mm. like a velociraptor and she's running around in a towel evading mm. this velociraptor or you know, yeah. velociraptor, so I'm not 100 percent sure for seven minutes yep. seven minutes of screen time running away from this dinosaur. <laughs> It's just like she'd be dead in like two seconds, <laughs> and then it's like padding it out or whatever. But what, what it just it was very amusing. I mean, it was really it was it was fun, you know. And I, I'm yeah, it is. Um, I mean, the, the locations, you know, that say the Scottish locations are beautiful, but the di- they really have to work hard to make the, the people survive. You know, there's a whole thing about the uh, there's some people trapped in a car, and then the dinosaurs appear, and the, the car yeah. is stuff and stuff and they, it's like kind of drawn out in a way that you know jurassic park or jurassic world or whatever it is just you know they wouldn't do that because they they, they, they would just one they've got the resources to do the yeah. pieces and make them last a lot longer and and you know mm. this is um, a film that's trying to work with what it looks so the dinosaurs are i like stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. 
Like they can't mm. kill anyone. They must be very hungry dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, they're not that hungry. They're, 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 they're cockeyed. They're, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they walk very slowly and stuff. But you know that doesn't really matter. I mean, I would take this, or I mean, it's great. I love the fact that this is all being made homegrown rather yeah. than having to just watch Asylum stuff. I think this, you know, and this is better than Asylum. I think. Uh, I, I do. I really do mm. have a. You know, they're cheesy. Of course, they. I think they know what they're making. I don't think they're. In any yeah. um, delusions or yeah. illusions or anything. I mean, I think, but I think they're they've got a nice little factory going on, and uh, I'm definitely you know, they're, and they're developing their skills with each of these productions, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, if they you know you turn out, if you turn out ten films, you know they're not all going to be winners, but you know if, if they're fun and breezy and you know you have a good time with them, you know mm -hmm. there, there's that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and uh, I'm I'm sure that you know that we'll see. As with the visual effects and stuff, I mean, you go back a couple of years ago and look at look at some of the films. I mean, they wouldn't have had visual effects like this. I mean, they they pulled in some resources and stuff yeah. there and say, I, I like it. I think it's fine. I I quite enjoyed the characters. I quite enjoyed the set pieces. And again, like um, some of the other films we've been talking about, you know, it's over in about eighty minutes. So, Indeed. yeah, there's no okay. chance to get too bored with a film like that. Scores on the doors, then, guys. Uh, Steve, I'll give it a six. And Rich? I think a six is reasonable, yeah. Three sixes for Jurassic Valley. Go check it out. Our next review is Red Book Ritual. The Red Book Ritual, I should say. Three friends decide to play the Red Book game. What they don't know is that in the house, evil is awaiting to be released. A long time ago, a witch died as part of a satanic ritual. Every question they seek, no, every question they ask, they get closer and closer to her. Um, okay, uh, cards on the table, guys. I only managed to watch the first 10, 15 minutes of this due to time constraints. Um, I thought it started off horribly. There were these three girls. Oh. Two girls and a boy on this table. Yeah. Oh god, the acting was bad. Um, yeah. I, I was not impressed with that. However, when it sort of segues to the past, I still wasn't on board. You know, this this guy returning back from the war I thought he was pretty rubbish as well. But then what he sees in there that caught my interest. You know, it really did. Um, and, and the funny thing is, while I'm talking right now, the trailer's sort of playing on IMDb, and I'm looking at this imagery, I'm like, this looks pretty good, actually. I, I really need to sort of finish watching this. But yeah, the, the um, yeah the witch thing, I thought, was really, really good. You know, um, I can uh, I can explain yeah. that, the sort of discrepancy for you, if you'd like. Yeah. Is this three stories in one sort of thing? Is it? It's more than that. It's an anthology. It's an it's, anthology, and it's yeah. it, and it's and it's another example of um, a producer buying a bunch of shorts mm. and filming a wraparound story to collect them uh, all together. Okay, which so is why the film yeah. has different feels throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that that opening scene, which is the wraparound, yeah. uh, is clearly shot on a quite a low budget and stuff, is is very different to uh, a lot of the stuff which follows. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 ditching the um, the wraparound bit because didn't agree with that. The the bit I did see with the witch, 
and that noise she makes, that sort of almost sort of like a, a wet clucking sound, that was freaky. You know, I'd never yeah. heard anything like that in a, in a film before. You know, they, they came up with something really original and alien for that. I thought that was superb. Also, um, yeah. a very bold performance because she's literally yeah. stark yeah. naked yeah. the whole time, which Absolutely. is uh, which is pretty brave, really, yeah. for anyone. I mean, you don't see that very often, and uh, um, you know so that she, you know, she really very goes uh, full on. For you know, she's all in yeah. on that yeah. performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so okay. So so uh, Steve. Um, you know, put putting the wraparound to the side. Then, you know, were there any stories in here that you actually enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, it was a while ago when I watched it, but you had the the witch one at the beginning, which was mm -hmm. that's called Stray. That's from twenty eighteen. Yeah. The only thing that, that let it down, I thought, was the special effects on the cat, where it kind of dissolves, and that was just. What like something out of the eighties to be fair, even before that. Um I tried it. What else was there was the court one as well, which I thought was really good. You know, is that the, where the they, lesbian where, where they have to the take the, um, they take the Kool-Aid sort of thing. No, no, it's more like a lesbian couple, you know, being ostracized and banished and stuff like that. And then Yes, or, that was or, or the sermon. That's yeah, called the sermon. sermon. That was the one at the end. Yeah, I really like yeah, that one as well. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I always find that with anthologies, you get normal, like a couple of decent ones and a couple that are true, not so good. You know that fillers. Yeah. yeah, they're very, very rarely full quality. You know, quality all the way through. Should I say? Um, I'm trying to think what the others were. Rich, have you well, got them there? Well, the. I, Unfortunately, I haven't got all of them listed, but they're one of the ones that didn't work for me and sort of really highlighted the sort of the nature of this kind of production where they've thrown it together. Mm. There's a short film, a Korean one called Nose, Nose, Eyes. Oh, and it's yeah. really badly dubbed. Yes. Which is, oh, which is no, a that's, that's a shame. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think it would have worked better if they'd have just let it be, you know, subtitles. Mm. Um, but to try and make it an English language package. This the film itself is is in its nature. It's an Argentinian and New Zealand sort of co-production. And they've obviously tried to make it an English language majority thing. So therefore they 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 obtained this film um from you know from Korea and they've just said uh we can't leave it as it is. We've got to we've got to change it. So that sort of was a was a, I mean it's a good story. I mean it very much reminded me of audition. But, uh, yeah, but to me, it, it kind of was, was kind of building something, then just didn't, you know, just kind of peed it out. I don't know. Yeah, you know I, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, the what's the other one? Uh, release release was, was uh, um, um, one about a uh, she was a doctor, I think, and I, I yeah. kind of I didn't and, uh, quite catch what was going on there but that's all visuals and stuff is very sort of strikingly that shot. i enjoyed that one actually that's yeah. quite quite jumpy and quite scary a lot um, of these films are they also had have... that emotional impact into it as well that one mm -hmm. um a lot of these films are, are have been previously released and are available on um 
a YouTube or Vimeo or whatever, but other, not all of them are. And release is one of the ones mm. I haven't been able to find uh, elsewhere. The sermon I have, we've I've already put yeah. that out. BTV Short Shots uh, Twitter account, and I, yeah, that was that was really good. But, but what I thought was interesting was the so the wraparound story. They have to try and link it into these short mm. films, which then kind of changes the context of the movie of the films. From what they originally intended, yeah. I find quite interesting, and that kind of ties in with uh, there's so there's a bit in the sermon which they then try to echo in the wraparound to make it connect, which mm. I thought um, say it's quite interesting to see when they try stuff like that. But there's there's been a whole bunch. Of, I mean, we've covered one or two of them in the past, but these kind of. Uh, short film collections uh, as i prefer to yeah. refer to them is um there was like 100 candles game which was from the same team from the same you know had the same origins which i'm also curious i think it's great that these th these films do give these shorts an out you know that sort of a mainstream opportunity true uh, but it's just the overall package doesn't necessarily always work so i love the fact that you know the red book ritual you know the, the the thing as as an op as an opportunity to see the work of these different filmmakers and and you know sort of go down those rabbit holes yeah. what they've done i i like it i like them from that aspect but i do prefer an organically produced anthology where you know everybody's so, on so like, from the start yeah, yeah. So, sort of like the ethereal ones you know the... uh well ethereal is a a, a a kind of a they 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 that's all different filmmakers as well. The, 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 well, it is, yeah. But, I mean, the, the theme there is uh, they're all female uh, filmmakers, but yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but at, le at least you know what you're getting going, going in. Whereas this, well, they also you know, don't package them as like one film. They, they this no, that's, that's the right, yeah. variation where they do that do them as a as a series, web series, or TV series, or whatever. Yeah. Because um, we watched another one, didn't we? Or we looked at one which was another series, mm. but it was another example of. They've they've obtained the rights to various films and put them mm -hmm. in this kind of release structure of episodes, but they're not intent. They were never intended as you know Twilight Zone or anything like that. They, but that's the way they kind of package them and stuff. So it's, it's interesting, and I you know this film has introduced me to a number of filmmakers that I was not familiar with, and will you know then for be able to sort of explore their work. So I, I really appreciate you know the film from that from yeah. that stance, but as a whole package with that wraparound. Does it work fantastically? Not really. Are there no. some stories? <laughs> yes, there are. But there are strengths within within there. Absolutely. Within yeah. 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 Okay, chaps, how are you going to score this? Uh, I'll give it a six. Mm -hmm. And Rich? Yeah, I'll give it a six as well. All right. Two sixes for Red Book Ritual. Uh, just be warned that this is an anthology. So there you go. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Atratus. The minimalism of Sophia's life is broken with the arrival of a mysterious man named Yuri, who claims to be an old acquaintance of the girl's mentor. What is Yuri so desperately looking for? And what does Sophia protect with such devotion? Um, again, unfortunately, guys, I haven't seen this one. So I'm handing straight over to Rich to give us a bit of background. Ah, well, this was uh, it's a thriller from, I believe it's Portugal, uh, which turned up on 
sorry, Brazil, uh, yeah. it's a Brazilian film. Um, it's it's about 20 minutes or so uh, from a director, Alan Riggs, and uh, co-directors, uh, Cindy Sykoske. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a home invasion thriller kind of scenario, basically, of this woman who's um, yeah. looking after her property uh, and, you know, she's on her own vulnerable position and then she has to defend herself. There's nothing too uh, original or dramatic about there, apart from the fact that there's a moment, unless I imagine this, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, the moment where there's a voiceover that says music is going to represent the characters or yes. something. <laughs> yeah, right at the beginning, yeah. So and that really guys, threw me. Yeah. One of the guys is a timpani drum. Yeah. The other guy is a piano. And she's a cello, remember rightly? So did so that the music Because I it, felt that it, didn't, re- didn't really add anything. It, did, it, it didn't really, to be fair. But I did notice it, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. You yeah, know, yeah, you're listening out for it, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So it does kind of drag you in maybe a little bit more than it would if it wasn't there. I don't know, but... Yeah, like you say, it's, it's, it's quite generic. It's nothing you haven't seen before, really. But I did like how they, like, ripped off what lies beneath, you know, where they put her in the bath. Mm-hmm. They drug her and put her in the bath to... Um... Drown her. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I presume it was to, like, cover it up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they put her in the bath fully clothed, which just which seemed a bit weird if you were trying to make it look like a drowning, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know, she'd accidentally drown herself. That that bit I couldn't I couldn't grasp, but um, the tension that is is there in that bit because you know the drug wears off just just as it gets to her nose and whatever, uh, and then she fights back. So and they're obviously they're looking for something, aren't they? But it's a bit pulp fiction where you don't actually see what it is. Yeah, and, uh, and I think you know. If it wasn't for that voiceover and that muse, that thing, that that bit that they've added in, everything else is completely conventional. Yeah, yeah. So I would have kind of, it, it's a it's a real oddity that they've got. I think it didn't work. It's interesting, and it and it's certainly you know it's a quirk that sort of makes the film, you know, makes us have this kind of conversation. But I think for me, I didn't really need that, and you know, I I would have been happy. It was more of a distraction than anything. I kind of just wanted to sort of go yeah. with the go with the story but i thought you know it's a neat little package um it's uh um it's available it's it came out on youtube i'm just trying to see if i can find out how long it is i think it's about 12 16 minutes minutes. yeah hello 16 minutes 16 yeah 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 right um yeah and it's like small cast it's this you know so it's one woman two two sort of um uh antagonists and uh yeah, and her base, it's one of those stories of, you know, she has to, you know, is she being underestimated is the question um, when yeah. they're approaching her and, and and how is it all going to turn out? And, you know, there's some good uh, thrills and visual effects and, you know, not visual effects, um, you know, makeup effects and with, um, uh, when people are getting injured and and things. And uh, so I think it's it's a bit different to some of the other, especially because it's, you know, Brazilian, um, which I wasn't expecting when it sort of turned up. I was, I thought it was just going to be a, an American mm. production. But, uh, that's uh, that's because sort of, everyone's speaking Portuguese. It's, it's all a bit more unusual. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely worth a look. 
awesome. We don't score we don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out, and you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Bloodsucking Bastards. A down-on-his-luck cubicle worker and his slacker best friend discover that their new boss is a vampire who is turning their co-workers into the undead. Um, yes, 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 yes. <coughs> a double heap of yes. This is way right up my street, this one. Um, yes. Basically, um, I think this is a great <laughs> sort of um, slacker workplace comedy. I think it works very well. Uh, we've got Fran Krantz in the lead, um, best known for things like Dollhouse and um, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, I think he is great. And then we've got Pedro Pascal coming in as Max, the, um, the, the new head of marketing or uh, sales or whatever it is. I, I just thought this worked really, really well. Really, really funny. It did, re you know, that, that sort of slacker humour. It reminded me of um, uh, the day after Halloween, uh, Steve. Yeah. It, it, it's got a touch of that, yeah. the, way, the way they talk with each other. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, over to Steve. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, you can you can see the budget, well, the lack of, because it's basically mm. set in, like, two offices in a way. Mm. But... It's, it's the way the characters work, bounce off each other. And then you've got, you know, like Franz Kranz, I thought was great. He really was good in this. And Pedro Pascal as well. He's just so over the top and so slimy. He's like the character who played in Wonder Woman 84, but mm. in, a in, a, in, a, in a decent film, mm. you know. And at first of all, you think, well, it's not very... Gory, the kills are kind of like off camera. Mm. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it, it, it's, it's fucking everywhere. You know, it's covering everything, <laughs> you know. And I, the, especially the, um, the security guard as well. Oh, Frank. Uh, yeah. yeah um, he was, he yeah, was great. Marshall Gibbons. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely great. Well, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. It's fun. It's, it's bloody. It's scary. It's, it's, it does what it says it's going to do, and it actually does it for once, you know. And it really, really did work. I was, I was um, reminded of a few things, but one, one in particular was a TV series a while back called Party Down, mm -hmm. which, which had a similar sort of vibe. It was about these sort of um, would-be actors who end up being caterers in Hollywood. I've heard of it. It's supposed to be really good, but I've never very seen good. it. Yeah, 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 very good. It's, it's, uh, again, it's that sort of same sort of slacker workplace men mentality sort of thing. Um, highly recommended that one. Um, but yeah, you know, there's so many quotable lines of dialogue in this, especially from the security guard, Frank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just the amount of Red Bull he's chugging. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, how many of these do you get through? And he's like, as many as it takes. <laughs> it's like just mm. he's shotgunning cans of of Red Bull. It's oh, brilliant. Um, Rich, you you recommend this one? I, I, I don't think you'd seen it before, though. Idea. I think this is one of the ones you'd sort of like hope to have seen. But uh, I watched it a few weeks ago on because um, I found it on Plex, and I'd never yeah. heard of it. Mm. And um, 
it was I, I think it was I, I wasn't even looking for it it just kind of came up after the film I was watching previously and I just thought all right I'm gonna watch this then and uh yeah it, it was really good I mean I love this is kind of uh mid-90s kind of comedy I would say mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of, yeah. some, like, some of those I was a big there was loads of comedies in the early to mid-90s that went DTV mm-hmm. straight to video I should say um that I was just in love with um and this kind of perfectly fits in with those uh, it's all about the characters and the you know absurd humor but it's got it is this you know it's combined with this horror element which really works um really well and much yeah. better than you expect i mean it it's essentially a variation on office space which yeah. i was never a fan of mm. um, i know it's a big cult following you know everybody a lot of people love that movie but i, I didn't wasn't that bothered with it um, but this, uh, I really can, uh, connected with it. I, I think probably you're right. So it's Franz Kranz in Frank Kranz in that lead role. Mm. Um, uh, you got the sort of Randall character, you know, the sort of clerks Randall yeah. character. Well, he, he's played by yeah, Joey Kearns. He he's part of um, oh, what were they called? They did Super Troopers and um, oh, oh and, Broken and, Lizard. Broken Lizard. Lizard. Yeah. He, oh, he's from Broken Lizard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. that explains why he's so good with the the lines and stuff. Everything, exactly. so, yeah, yeah. but all the you, you've got the sort of support. Um, it's like the you know, like the the girlfriend or the ex girlfriend character mm. of the lead. Oh, she, she's um, really good. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. In, back in the day, she would have been played by like Megan Ward or something. She reminded me of mm. like the girlfriend characters that um, you know, like, let's say Joe's apartment with um, mm. uh, Jerry yeah. O'Connell. You know, all stuff like that. Um, and then you say Pedro Pascal's really good, but we've also got Joel Murray. Uh, as the boss, mm. who I really like. Yeah. And the weird thing is, although he's Bill Murray's older brother, to me he just looks like <laughs> looks and sounds so much like Dan Aykroyd. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but mm. um, I, I, I always enjoy seeing. He was in uh, probably one of his most pro- high-profile roles was in. Uh, I know you weren't a fan. Uh, God bless America, yeah. which was the Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Um, oh. But he generally turns up in supporting roles like this one. But I quite like him. He's got that sort of dry, you know, he's not very aware kind of what's going on. And the, again, there's stuff that happens with the characters as it goes on. You know, and you could also cross this, you could say this is like Shaun of the Dead and, and stuff like that. But to me, again, I think for me, it uh, it, it just works so well. The um, the cast are all very good with their characters. The yeah. the the, um, the setups and the you know, the, the, the whole the bit running with the gags. Yeah, the whole bit yeah, all with the stuff with the running gags. And there's like the bit where there's the rec- they're sort of saying, oh, he's telling a story and he was like, I saw this happen. And they show yeah. him there and he's like, and then they do it again. And then it was like, oh, but he was there at the same time. <laughs> so, and they show another character. Yeah. Just sort of, they, they move the camera over and go, oh, yeah, he was there as well. He saw it. <laughs> it's, um, it's directed by uh, Brian James O'Connell, uh, who I'm just checking to see what else... He might have done uh, to think. I'm not really. No, it doesn't look like he's done anything. He's done a lot of stuff as an actor, uh, and he directed a few other things that I haven't heard of. I mean, he's completely new to me. So the mm. um, uh, I'm, I, I, again, it's, it's great when you when you when you see something from people you've never encountered before, yeah. uh, and they sort mm. of get you excited about some of this kind of stuff again and say so i'm definitely going to be checking out more of um uh what's the bro i mean i wasn't a fan of broken is it i mean i've seen uh i saw club dread 
was a massive. That was the weakest one. I, I, I mean, it? I haven't seen Super mm. Troopers two, but um, but I didn't beer, like Super beer no, fest. It's not my beer fest. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed beer fest. And, and Super Troopers, I love Super Troopers. Yeah, I think because a lot of the, they go. I mean, like it's especially in like Super Troopers. I think it's more a bit more vulgar humor. This one, this doesn't have. It's got a bit of rudeness in it, but it's not. It's not vulgar in in any. Oh, no. It's quite. It's quite. Mm. You know, it's quite jet. Uh, uh, a play. It's more playful than anything else. This film. It's yeah. Not, it's got horror, but it's not. You know, hugely scary. But well, it's just. It's yeah. just enough. You know, it's just just enough leaning into the horror. It's not like you know. Um, you know, they they're really filming it like a proper. Um, hmm. Cinematography is it like real, like horrorly, it's, you know, it's they, not they far away well and yeah. stuff, you know. So, uh, that was a, a great little film. I mean, say it's, it's really buried out there in, in, in uh, certainly in this country, so the um, complex of all places, yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably in a few others, but um, but yeah, Plex is where I found it. And uh, what a, what a what a great little movie it is, absolutely, yeah. Uh, we don't score. The, um, the throwbacks, but we definitely uh, want you to check them out. Uh, you will find this on, as I said, on Plex and uh, Rakuten, I believe is another one. I'm sure you can probably rent it on Amazon or elsewhere. It's definitely worth a look. And, and uh, Rich, um, it's, it's a shame you didn't like um, Office Space. Uh, uh, it's me and a colleague who used to go around doing impressions of Gary Cole in that. <coughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just going out to people going, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to do that report for me this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. oh, no, I, I really, I, maybe I saw it at the wrong age uh, because yeah. I was kind of, you know, it's, it kind of came out a bit after all, all um, the kind of, the kind of movie. And I've, I've not, I've never really yeah. been a Mike Judge guy. Oh, right. Really got the, got the, got. Oh, you know, I'm looking, I'm so looking forward to watch games. King of the Hill and stuff, but yeah. never. Um, no. Just walking around the office with a, with a, with a cup of coffee, just going, yeah, I'm going to need you to work the weekend. Uh, have, you seen, have, you seen, have you seen the new Beavis and Butthead movie yet? Not yet. I've seen the trailer. Oh, it's great. Yeah. What's it on? It really is good. Paramount Plus. Oh, Paramount Plus movie on. Damn it. I'll yeah. be getting that soon. Awesome. Right. So that is the, uh, the throwback. We really loved it. We want you to check it out. You will find links and trailers in the footnotes. Go check it out. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Um, a bit of a slog tonight. We had so much to do. We actually ditched a film. That's how much we um, we had to cover tonight. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks to Rich and Steve for dealing with all these wonderful films. No problems. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Don't forget to check out our Short Shots um, Twitter feed as well, where Rich will put a new short every evening around about 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.